the Clixie podcast with Tim Flagg. Insight, opinion and advice from the leading practitioners in digital marketing and e-commerce. And that digital transformation journey is by no means over. There are some protagonists that are doing very well at it and there are some people who really haven't started on it at all. This is the ClickZee podcast and I'm going to be talking to Charlie Salter of ClickZee who created and organised the Shift event. And we'll be hearing more about his passion for digital media and marketing and the transformation of businesses in an age of digital disruption. But first, a quick word about the event. Where can you come together with leaders from the biggest brands and hear how they are using digital technology to transform their businesses? Join ClickZ and Search Engine Watch at Shift London from the 24th to 25th of May. In this two-day event for digital leaders, you'll get insights and inspiration from successful C-suite leaders on how to adapt and thrive in the digital economy. You will hear about digital leadership, customer acquisition, customer experience and retention and growth drivers from brands such as Airbnb, Grays.com, Vodafone, John Lewis and the BBC to name but a few. So get inspired and illuminated at Shift London. Visit digitalshiftevents.com and quote promo code POD20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's digitalshiftevents.com. Meet the drivers of digital change. This is the ClickZ Digital Marketing Podcast, and I'm joined today by Charlie Salter from ClickZ. Charlie developed and organised the Shift London event coming up in May, and we're going to be discussing what makes a great event and the role that events can have as a catalyst for new ideas. So Charlie, welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast. Thank you. Hi, good morning. And I'd like to start off by hearing a little bit about you, how you got started in your career and what led you into marketing and the space that you're in now. Well, yes, it was like a slightly uh, indirect route, I suppose. I started off as a, as a criminal barrister, really. Um, that's what I wanted to be, was to work in uh, uh, criminal law. I don't think the wig suited me in the end and it didn't work out as a career. But um, I suppose it gave me a good training in the art of argument and persuasion, which um, I suppose you could say is good grounding for a, for a marketing career. And then I went, the reason why I got my taste for live events, I suppose, I worked as an entrepreneur setting up nightclubs and bars and leisure venues in various parts of the world for about 10 years um, out in Eastern Europe. Uh, and also sort of as far away as Japan. And it just gave me a taste for kind of putting on events and that buzz that you get with the live experience of putting on events and also the kind of highs and lows of planning for all of it and then the next day kind of being over. So it, it, it gave me that. And I then got into B2B event marketing back in the UK. Um, I was involved in the launch of the Internet World uh, exhibition in the UK um, back quite a long time ago. I suppose it was probably 96, 97 um and we that would that sort of gave me a huge buzz in, in terms of being involved in events um obviously we were riding a wave by the time we got to 1999 i think and obviously in the, the dot-com stage there were thirty thousand people there wow. and hardly any exhibitors because there weren't there wasn't really that much tech to show in fact i think intel had the largest booth um and they were basically selling you know looking at chips sort of thing so how things have moved yeah, on it's incredible and even then yeah i remember there being a fashion show about wireless clothing and having wireless in your clothing and that's before really most people were beyond dial-up so it was kind of a, a look at the future albeit some of it not actually very practical um and i think there were people like boo.com and people keynoting so I, I got a real buzz for the kind of internet and digital events in that sense and really got um i suppose as an event marketing guy was then using 
um, digital marketing channels for events, although that was very nascent at that stage. So I got a taste for both of the, the live experience of B2B events as well as the using of the internet to promote them. And that, that must have been fascinating to see um, how much the industry has developed from those early days when you mentioned some of those brands like, you know, the Boo.com, they're now, you know, famously um, disappeared. Um, yes. and, and But now other sort of companies have been reborn in that space. But uh, now when you look back and you compare what you had back then to, to what we have now. Well, it's a completely different um you know, base of uh, of exhibitors and, and sponsors in the market, not many of them around anymore. And that was very internet world days is very much about the infrastructure of the internet. So around the kind of networks and the big heavy lifting sort of content management systems and things that were millions of pounds. So what now is a very much a kind of um, SaaS products for, for small license fees a month, then people were buying huge infrastructure just to make the internet work. So that that's changed hugely. Um, uh, yeah. And I think what was interesting for me is my sort of career was then I went to e-consultancy and behind the scenes e-consultancy was the reason why it launched and did so well is that when the dot-com bust came um, and everyone said, oh, no, it's online fraud. It'll never work. E-commerce will never work. E-consultancy started as a kind of hobbyist. It wasn't a commercial entity for a long time. Just started saying, actually, we do believe digital will keep going. And that's how they got their newsletter following of uh, tens of thousands of people who thought, actually, this will come back. It's not all calamity. Mm. Um, We've just had a bit of a hit. So, um, yeah, e-consultancy was around when the the popular consideration for the internet was that it was going to go away. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking back to that sort of dot-com um, bubble bursting uh, and how after that um, everyone had, had had these great ideas and then suddenly seeing all these uh, all those ideas dash because the technology really wasn't there to deliver. But actually now we've almost, uh, the technology's caught up with the, the dreams and the ideas and we're being able to kind of um, build things like virtual reality or augmented reality and really sort of bring those things to life. Do you, do you find the, the sort of conferences are a way of being able to bring all those ideas together with people who actually have the technology as well? Um, it's one medium for doing it. I mean, I, um, you know, I've, I've launched quite a lot of events through my career. I mean, it's sort of, for example, Jump, which stood for Joined Up Marketing. We could never think what the P stood for, but Jump sounded like a good name. And that was very much about the on and offline thing. And it was really at a time, the, the best time for events is when there's a lot of confusion and novelty in a market. I think events don't work so well um, in kind of slow moving uh, markets where people don't really need to get out and about and see it. So where there's confusion uh, and where there's change, I think events work very well in that sense. And um, digital has seen huge, huge amounts of change, as we've mentioned over the years. So it's been fertile ground for people getting together to talk about new things. And how do you think those um, those events have actually developed? Um, you know, you, we've talked a little bit about the type of um, exhibitors who'd be there, but w- what else has changed in the way the events are structured or, or the type of thing that happen at events? I think my, my theory on it is it used to be when I started off in B2B marketing, uh, and certainly from the online experience, but also kind of just generally collateral, offline collateral, that the B2B marketing was uh, fairly dour. It was Luddite. It was quite boring. You could get away with really boring online properties um, for promoting B2B because it was B2B and therefore it was a necessity rather than a luxury. And I think what's happened now online, even we're we're doing B2B marketing or you're, you're selling products, your experience online has to be just as good as B2C, 
because we're all consumers ourselves and that's the quality we expect. And I think it's the same with B2B events, which the B2C events, the fashion shows and the car shows and the boat shows were all seen as the ones which were much sexier, much well better produced than the B2B ones. But I see now there are some very, very good B2B events globally. They've got enough of the kind of razzmatazz around them to be not only kind of earnest and relevant for people, but they're also uh, kind of well-produced and exciting as well. And do you think more marketers are attending these events now? Um, and what's caused that that change? I don't know whether more marketers are attending them. I think um, certainly in the trade show market, marketers have deserted trade shows in their tens of thousands. I, I don't think other than possibly the De Mexico event that happens in Germany, that there are huge amounts of marketers going to any trade shows anymore on the basis that most people aren't showing physical kits. So it's not really a great environment for that. I have seen a rise in the, the kind of ones where fun and content are both combined. So South by Southwest will be a really good example of one that marketers are going to, yeah. you know, starting off in music and then getting into digital and, and all that's come there. So I've also seen a rise in the vendor events. So things like the Adobe Summit in the UK and in the US are, are very big events in their own right, focused around one particular vendor. And they just HubSpot are doing similar things, aren't they, with inbound in um, yes. Boston? Yes, um, the Salesforce events. Um, if you want to go and listen to Mark Benhoff for two hours, you can go to Salesforce event. Very popular, sell out in 24 hours. Uh, I went to the one that they had at the Festival Hall in London. I mean, it's very, very, you know, high high content, very good content, very well produced. So, yeah, these guys are big enough in their own right as digital vendors to get a big community around them in, in an event environment. And what are the themes that you're seeing at these events? Uh, is there a focus on skills or is it more about broader um, themes and how to use technology? I think there's a lot of disciplined sort of discipline focused events in, in the digital space so programmatic or video or content uh, or at the one end and they serve a useful purpose for exploring one particular new discipline and then you on the other hand you've got some very broad one-stop shops that try to do a little bit of everything so they're trying to encompass all of digital or all of marketing and in the in the my my sort of kind of event the way i see events that are exciting is one that sort of focuses on a particular sentiment or challenge with an industry and looks through that lens so it's kind of almost a campaign that you drive and i think events work very well i often work with the people in the analyst division on intelligence and reports so the shift events working with um uh, with contentive on all the intelligence they're putting out so I i think it works well if you've actually got an exciting campaign feel about it rather than it's a conference with a speaker lineup and therefore it's important i think you have to prove to be a good event and a good event brand that actually what you're talking about is important and relevant and challenging and therefore it does need an event to explore it first and how would you get that theme right because you've mentioned some events where they try and cover a large area a broad range of themes but there's also i've noticed quite a few now of these smaller events whether they be you know something like brighton seo we had kelvin newman yes. on a few weeks ago talking about uh, you know seo and there's lots of things like that or little masterclass events where they're much smaller well, is, is there a trend there to smaller more specific i think there's a bit of both really i mean i think uh, the seo brighton event that kellen runs has got 1700 people i mean i class that as quite a big event considering it's a sort of fairly singular discipline around seo and i guess a bit of social impact on that as well so i'd say that was quite a big event the smaller events are more kind of 50 to 200 people 
So I think there's, it's, it's kind of horses for courses uh, to a certain extent. And when you look at um, kind of, I suppose for me, a lot of it's to do with um, 80% just to do with research and finding out what people are after and what, what challenges they have. So there's no substitute for surveys and desk research and telephone interviews with people who are your prospective speakers or attendees at these events. Um, that's the first one. The other bit is just really around a bit of kind of creativity and inspiration as to what might excite people. And would you say it's something which is important for marketers to get out to these events and to, to hear what's going on? Is that the main takeaway for marketers from events? Yes, I think that's the same for all of us. I mean, the, the biggest thing really is the human factor, um, which is kind of ironic in a podcast about digital. But <laughs> Um, you know, we, we are the, the human factor of meeting our peers, rubbing shoulders, swapping war stories with people who aren't necessarily your colleagues or bosses who can be sort of strangers in a networking environment is useful. I also think there's a fear factor for people that it's quite hard to get a litmus test of your abilities or your successes. Um, and it's quite hard to gauge that sat behind a desk. It's much better to do it in an open forum where you can hear what people are talking about. And then I think there's an opportunity factor for people. You know, we all need to learn new ways of doing stuff and get answers to our problems. And there's plenty of ways to doing that without going to events. But I do think events complement that that quest. Now we're going to hear more about the Shift events. So I'd like to ask Charlie, what is Shift London and how did the idea for the event evolve? Uh, well, Shift London's a, a new conference it's happening in London on the 24th and 25th of May. And the main purpose behind it is to sort of expose and explore the next chapter in digital evolution. So going beyond the current digital transformation. And, and looking at the next chapter. And if I explain it, because I, I, I just alluded to earlier on, I think events need a purpose beyond, yes, we've got a great line of speakers. So the, the kind of thinking behind Shift in a kind of linear sense, I suppose, was first of all, back in the early 2000s, we had waves of digital marketing to email, social and search. And they were kind of practical applications of marketing. And then came waves of making it better, sort of user experience, mobile, e-commerce, content marketing, social, etc. And then that led to a headache really in kind of, I suppose, 2008, 2009 of the multi-channel offline, online, and the array of complications that that brought dealing with sort of fickle customers across devices and platforms and their habits. And the marketing department then had its hands full, very much so. And the next part of the evolution came digital transformation, the, the quest for the whole business, not just marketing, to grasp the digital opportunity. So in came sales, customer service, design, supply chain, etc., who all got tied up in digital and the better use of technology better sharing and understanding of data. And that digital transformation journey is by no means over. There are some protagonists that are doing very well at it, and there are some people who really haven't started on it at all, and there are already some victims who never got to start it at all. And so at the Shift event, we've got two streams that cover that current digital transformation quandary for people. The first one, the first stream is around customer acquisition. So without customers, we're nothing. Uh, and the second one, the second stream is around customer experience. So without that, we sell nothing and retain no customers. So those two are very much the central tenets of digital transformation as seen by companies at the moment. And both of those streams are aimed at sort of senior and experienced marketers wanting to gain that kind of look at the best of breed, what's best practice in those areas, and where's the insight and inspiration around what leaders are doing in that one. 
And it's all still part of their digital transformation story. But the third track of Shift and where we're moving it on, and I guess hence the title of Shift, not to be too obvious about it, but it's around digital leaders. So um, we're now in a situation where we're quite a nascent, quite a young industry for digital. How do we how do we lead it? How do leaders uh, instill and execute digital sort of DNA throughout them? What skill sets are needed by the board? Um, how does data affect decision making and creativity ideas? So we're still in a young industry. And how do people lead digital companies? And that's still quite a youthful, you know, new beginnings. And so that's what that third stream at Shift explores. That's a great provocative question. How do we lead in a, in a digital age? And just throwing the question back at you, do you think that's something which marketers um, are in a position to be able to lead? Or is it something which all business functions should be trying to, to get involved with and, and take ownership of? Well, I guess I'm a marketer, so I always think the bean counters are ruling the world and they shouldn't really. But um, I mean, there's a good case for digital marketers to rise to the top because there's a, there's a sort of oft-quoted adage of bringing the customer into the boardroom. And I think even one of the presentations at the event at Shift is is around that. So if the marketer is owning the customer and you want to bring the customer in the boardroom, there's a very good case for, for marketers and particularly digitally enabled ones to be leading in the future. However, I think marketers haven't always been given or expected to have those corporate skills to be the CEOs. And I know there's a lot of work around marketing leaders and um, the Marketing Academy are doing some great courses on this to try and give lead marketers those other leadership skills they need to actually rule the roost. I mean, I, I think you'd ask a question around how did the idea for the event come about? Um, I think if you, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Seth Godin being a marketer and he did some interesting stuff around um, the fact that the industrial revolution was dead now and that, that for a hundred years, people had spent um, loads of time and energy employing, mid-management people to try and make cars slightly cheaper and slightly faster year after year. And then along come Tesla and Google with the driverless car and the electric car. And they, that whole car industry had seen, not seen that coming or able to compete at all. And then now he talks about that digital revolution that we're very much early on in the evolution of that. Um, there's been lots of successes of in the digital space, but around that leadership thing of what takes good leadership, I think that is, is a subject that hasn't yet been explored in an event. And I think putting together the leadership together with the quest for digital transformation is an interesting and novel approach. And a lot of the speakers that are coming along to Shift, they come from a, a wide range of backgrounds as well. I mean, um, actually, very few of them are marketers. There's a, a lot of CEOs there, um, COOs, um, you know, quite a few people whose role involves digital transformation. So is that something which you purposefully went out and wanted to to bring in a wider mix of, um, of experience? Yeah, very much so. I mean, it, it, this is not a tools and techniques of digital marketing conference. There are lots of those kind of masterclass um, conferences out there. This is very much about people wanting to lead digital businesses. And I don't mean by lead marketing departments in that sense. I think for me, one of the, th one of the interesting things for me, because I've followed this for years now, that we've got the, um, the CIO of Nissan Europe coming to speak. And you go back to the... the um, the Gartner um, sort of, I guess, the analyst there that's talked about in two, by 2017, the CMO would have more tech budget than the CIO. And of course, we're, we're not far off that 
um, that date and also maybe not far off that being a reality. So to get a CIO coming to talk in that leadership stream, we're talking about, you know, is marketing stealing the CIO's tech budget? And, and um, so di- digital has meant this normal, fairly, uh, you know, I think acrimonious is too strong, but certainly a tense relationship between the tech department and the marketers in getting digital done. The transformation of that coming across to um, marketers now ruling IT um, that that brings in a whole raft of, of leadership challenges for where does that sit within the company, um, where does the budget lie, where does the responsibility lie, and how should the composition of the board of these companies be made up. So I think the fact that we've got Stephen coming from Nissan is a very interesting development that shows that leadership challenge that digital businesses face. And I think it's true to say that whatever position you hold on the board or indeed in a senior management position you really now need to understand not just the consumer but how the entire marketing team operates and what the marketing function does in order to be able to bring together those those different functions like you say um, previously siloed you know maybe information technology and and databases at one side and then marketing over in another and you see it coming together with things like the um, marketing technology Yes. I mean, what example that might be, you know, where in, in a, if you come from a digital background, I guess digital has, has ruled the world through its ability to use analytics and then data in order to be able to make decisions um, and to be transparent in the use of marketing money. And that's kind of where digital has succeeded over traditional marketing in some instances. But it also creates huge problems within the company because if you've just if you're just driven by data and insight, and ultimately data has been talked about for for years now in terms of big data and how to use it. But where does that put innovation in a company? Where does it put creative? Uh, how does it make around ideas around decision making? Do companies become completely empirical data driven machines that use data to drive everything, or actually is there an opportunity for you know, for intuition and ideas and creativity to prosper in these companies. So we've got guys like Anthony Fletcher from Graze.com, you know, a dot-com company, an online company, but looking at how the innovation challenge relates to that data within within the business. And that'll be fascinating to hear. I imagine there might be some sort of iterative thinking that he can share with us there where they've tried things. Um, they fail fast if they're not working. Uh, use the data, as you say, to be able to measure um, the outcome of those those tests and then carried on doing the stuff that worked. They came pretty much out of nowhere very quickly over the last, what, three or four years, haven't they? Yes, yeah, they did. Well, I suppose it was the um, everybody wanted to eat nuts as part of their uh, protein diets, I guess. They uh, seized upon that one. Yeah, <laughs> cornered that market. <laughs> so we've talked about a, f- a few of the themes, and, and you outlined before that there's three main tracks. There's acquisition, um, there's experience, and, and I think sort of engagement there as well. And then there's one which is more about sort of transformation and, and leadership. Could you just sort of explain a little bit how those the- uh, three themes are going to be spread out across the two days so it's a two-day event with three streams and each of the streams runs on both days so you've got two days in each stream and as as an attendee you're not stuck in any one particular stream you can uh, hop and leap between three different rooms depending on what what your needs are so yeah the, the acquisition part of it I mean giving an example of that you know how looking at kind of you know the digital customer where do they live how do they get how do you engage with them how do you acquire them at the top of the funnel and then how do you give them experiences throughout that one so there's still very much a the first two streams about acquiring customers 
and then treating them well, presumably through to them both buying something from you and thereafter becoming loyal or becoming advocates or becoming uh, sneezers or whatever you want to call them in marketing terms. There's a very interesting, um, you know, kind of panel debate with Farfetch, Airbnb and Unilever talking about how to acquire customers and then how, it, how to sort of um, find your way through their own customer experience. And anyone who's got kind of teenage children and sees how they behave, how those millennials behave online and how distracted they are and how they're very fickle will understand the challenge to marketers and corporates in the future of how to kind of both um, acquire and retain those kind of millennial customers. It's interesting you pick up on millennials there because I know we've got um, Rebecca Galambos coming from the Prince's Trust and she's talking specifically about how to engage and how to get insights for the millennials. Are, are there any other examples like that where um, people might be able to get specific insights from companies who have um, understood a, a specific segment? We've got some examples of publishing. For example, we've got Tim Weller, CEO of Incisive Media, about that transformation from print to digital in a publishing thing. I, I don't think there's any publisher that has been immune to huge disruption and um, most of it, you know, negative disruption to their businesses. So that would be quite an interesting one. Um, we also talk about kind of uh, the modern finance world, you know, wealth management. There have been some structural change in that industry between how IFAs are compensated. Mm. But you've also got how, how banks in a heavily regulated environment are able to advertise, you know, how finance and banks are able to advertise and promote directly to consumers. So that's been very much changed. Um, and then you've got examples from, you know, just retailers, I suppose, whose world has been changed for a long time here by by that. We've got people like Brompton Cycles and stuff talking about, um, you know, the customers in a digital environment. So there's plenty of opportunities for specific, you know, retail, banking, publishing, um, and actually, what's great about events that aren't single topic is even if I'm not in publishing or not in retail, ultimately, we're all content producers now. It doesn't matter if you're not a publisher, even if you're Tesco, you're still producing content online. And even if you're not a retailer, we're all trying to sell and market ourselves online and, and, and close deals, whether it's e-commerce or uh, you know other triggers. So actually, we're, if, if you're in the world of digital, you don't need to be within a particularly siloed sector to get some pretty good examples of how to how to succeed. I'm looking forward to hearing a lot of the stories from these brands you, you've mentioned. Do you think it's going to be more uh, so practical examples and them sharing their experience of almost uh, warts and all stories of, of what they've done in marketing? And is it something that you feel people will be able to then ask questions and expanding and get their own sort of uh, angle on? Um, well, the first part of your question, every good presentation is, is always a kind of combination of some inspiration and ideas that leave you feeling inspired but also a few things that you'd write down in your notebook that you can actually go back and do the next day so there has to be the brief to the speakers is always a combination of practical insight as well as inspiration um, and yeah every session has a q a at the end every every stream is moderated by a digital experts who'll be able to take questions so yeah be able to rub shoulders with them and and ask some questions whether it's in the session or in the break fantastic no, it's uh, it's going to be jam-packed i think with lots of insights if you had to say what are your top three speakers within the event that you would recommend are you know um, not missable what would those be that's hard i might be i might be hung for this one <laughs> um so i mean for, for me um i guess the cio of nissan Stephen, is very interesting uh in terms of that kind of um, transition of tech budget and after all 
marketers, one of their biggest costs uh, in digital is tech. You've kind of got marketers spending on brands and TV and advertising and that being the most part of their budget to actually tech starting to take over. So the tech side of the story is 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 key. Um, I'm interested in the in the the um, the panel debates, as I mentioned earlier on, with Airbnb and and those guys talking about the insight of the customer experience. Um, you know, Air, Airbnb customer experience very interesting. Unilever, lots of different brands, um, so and Farfetch as well. So I think that's that's an interesting one for me. And I suppose the other one for me is is Paddy Power. Uh, talking about um, getting controversial content to pay dividends is their session. You know, Paddy Power, um, I as a marketer have got one letter that was written to me by the Advertising Standards Authority banning um, an advert that I put out years ago. And I was absolutely overjoyed that a, that a, be, that a business-to-business advert had actually caused so much offence that people wanted to ban it. So I'm actually quite proud of that. But um, the Paddy Power guys uh, make a living out of basically doing things that are very close to the wire on content. Absolutely, yeah. And um, so they've got the head of online marketing, Richard Harris, speaking about being controversial. I think most of the advice nowadays for content marketing is don't play it safe. But how in your industry, how do you relate controversy if you're working in banking or pharmaceuticals or retail? How do you become controversial and how does that affect your brand online? So I think that's quite quite an interesting one I'd like to see. Absolutely. So can we expect some Ali G type uh, stunts on the stage from Richard, do you think? I've no idea. I don't. I think he's given us his synopsis, but other than that, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> but yeah, I know absolutely what you mean. It's um, particularly with the the industries you mentioned, um, financial services and pharmaceuticals. Those um, particularly are very um, reluctant to engage with things which are a little bit more edgy. But of course, that's where the, so the magic happens, particularly with content. So it'll be an interesting um, discussion to to find out how those types of brands um, are now feeling about content and, and becoming more edgy. Absolutely. What do you think would be the advantages um, for somebody attending um, Shift? What are the three things they're going to be taking away from the event? Well, I mentioned earlier on about the human context of events. So the, the point of this is a very singular campaigning type topic around digital leadership. So if you're somebody that's looking of how to advance your career beyond the kind of tactics uh, of digital into transformation into leadership, then you can be surrounded by people whether they're your peers or seniors that are, are absolutely after the same thing as you. Um, I think that what I like about the digital market is um, there's no egos really in digital. And so the whole pitch of the event, the way we're planning it, the way we're promoting it, the content, the advice to speakers is a very collegiate, very sharing environment. So one of the things to do is that there won't be anybody um, who's, who, there won't be any divas that you can't speak to there at all. And I think really there's a big opportunity in digital for people in that market. And if you've got your career to a certain stage of in, involved in digital marketing and you've become an expert, that next glass ceiling, as it were, is something to explore at the event and find out how to make it to the next stage and how digital leaders are succeeding. And you mentioned it's going to be quite collaborative and we've said there's going to be you know, a good Q&A session at the end of each session. Um, but if listeners um, to the podcast can't attend the actual event, are there going to be um, ways that they can participate? Is there going to be live streaming, uh, social media? There's not going to be live streaming, but there will be obviously hashtags on the event on the day to be able to follow people's um, you know, Twitter activity around sort of nuggets they picked up on the day. But 
ultimately the idea of shift is to come along uh, it's a human event it's it's a face-to-face event so the better thing is to be actually be there and what would you recommend people should do beforehand to prepare do you have some top tips that you normally do the night before going to a big event well obviously the first thing to do is buy a ticket <laughs> uh it's good preparation for it uh, pre- preferably not the night before and obviously have a look at the agenda and decide what i mean there's there's no there's no limit on which sessions you can go to so the idea is to probably have a look at the program and decide which sessions you want to go to and make sure you get to them early and get a good seat. In terms of approaching other people at the event and, and some networking and, and meeting and, and sharing ideas, how has Shift been designed to to foster a sense of collaboration and, and interaction? Plenty of breaks. Um, there are too many conferences that try and lock people into rooms for hours on end and not let them escape. So there's lots, lots of opportunities. It's a kind of You'd say it was a packed agenda, but it's not overpacked. So there's lots of opportunities for networking and coffee. Um, we've also got uh, a party um, uh, after day one, so a social event, which we'll announce uh, the details on that quite soon. There's a dinner the night before going on in London for, for the 40 um, big sort of CEOs and CMOs to go on to kind of get to know each other in a more collaborative environment. And so people can inquire whether they can come along to that as well. So I think at, at all levels, there's going to be sharing of ideas. You, you mentioned that sort of like smaller group of the CMOs um, and the CEOs. That sounds fantastic. The ideas which will be um, bouncing around there. Then obviously the event itself and, and uh, you know, at the party that, that in the evening you mentioned, I'm sure there'll be lots of ideas flowing after a few glasses of wine yeah it always helps so just to wrap up then can you tell us how our listeners can find out more about shift where they should go and um, what the uh, the ticket price is okay well the the information is all, all online as you might expect it's um digital slash london and all the information's on there. There's a um, 20% discount for everyone on this podcast by entering POD20, P-O-D-20, uh, at the checkout. So that'll give you a 20% discount off that. And uh, all of the ticket prices are online. So I'd suggest they go and have a look there. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for the discount there. That'll really help a lot of the audience who, who want to come along. I mean, now, now there's really no reason for them to not to come along and to, to get involved in these ideas and collaborating with their peers and hearing from these inspirational speakers. Yes, that's right. And we will be running Shift in uh, New York later in the year. And also there's going to be a version in Mumbai. So it is part of a global series. The first one's in London, uh, I would say selfishly. And then we're then going to be taking it in, into um, both America and Asia. And how can people follow what what's going on within ClickZ and, and other events. Is there a Twitter handle they should follow to stay abreast or which they sign up to something to, to know what's going on? But the, the shift events are organised by ClickZ.com. So if you go to ClickZ or as we would say ClickZ <laughs> uh, in this country, uh, .com and register for the newsletter there, there's plenty of ways to sign up to receive event alerts and as well as the newsletters and uh, analyst reports that the, um, the publishing house put out. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for talking us through the history of the shift events and bringing to life some of the speakers who are going to be joining us in May in London. Uh, it's been fascinating to hear all the different ways in which both marketers and other people within a, a business can can learn from um, these speakers. And I'm really looking forward to coming along myself and, and hopefully meeting some of the uh, audience from, from the podcast. So thank you once again, Charlie. Thank you. I'll see you there. hope you've enjoyed hearing from our speaker today and don't forget that you can hear them live at shift london on the 24th and 25th of may visit 
digitalshiftevents.com now and use promo code POD20 to claim 20% off the price exclusively for ClickZ podcast listeners. The two-day event in central London is hosted by ClickZ and Search Engine Watch and you'll hear C-suite leaders discuss digital leadership, customer acquisition, customer experience and retention and growth drivers with speakers from brands such as Brompton Bikes, Nutmeg, Paddy Power and Airbnb you'll learn firsthand how these brands have approached and successfully implemented digital change in their businesses. Join us and meet the drivers of digital change. Visit digitalshiftevents.com and quote promo code POD20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's digitalshiftevents.com. I'll see you there. Clickzy, the original digital business intelligence company founded in 1997 provides best practice advice, trends and insight from leading analysts and practitioners to a global community of more than 100,000 digital marketing and e-commerce professionals. We'll be talking to more of our experts over the next few weeks. Until then, keep up to date with ClickSee. Thank you for listening and bye for now.